Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tonari's podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend, Timmy Lang. Hi everyone. Ron is on the deck. Say hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. What about Ron's haircut though? <laughs> that is what you call a lovely hair. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and well, Ron, we have two boys from the Recovery Academy, Mark Wright, who is the coordinator of the Recovery Academy in Cork, and Paul Duff is the coordinator of the Recovery Academy in Dublin. I'll come to you first, Paul. Yeah. Because you've been the longest around. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the Recovery Academy is? Yeah, um, so um, as you mentioned, I'm the coordinator, I'm national coordinator of Recovery Academy of Ireland and it was an organisation that was set up in 2017. Now, it was, it was registered as a charity in 2017, it was launched in 2016 um, and it was following on from a lot of work that was done voluntary from um, services and people coming together to look at what was taking place in regards to recovery within Ireland at that time because in England and other in other parts of the world, like uh, America, there was a recovery movement happening, and I suppose some of the services were looking to see what was happening within with respect to a recovery movement in Ireland at that time. Um, and so they they kind of identified that some of it was due to policy and how policy was written up, the national drug policy, um, and then some of it was what was happening on the ground in relation to service provision. So they looked at how they could. The academy could develop as as an organisation to promote and advocate for recovery services and the reorientation of recovery services as well. So the recovery academy in Dublin is a separate organisation. Um, it's a national organisation. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a separate identity from any other service. However, it does um require the the this the collaboration with other services because again it's a it's a service in its infancy there's me and there's mark who are, who are, who are recruited to do some of the initiatives we rely on a lot of volunteer volunteers and stuff you know so yeah so how did um how did it all come about for both of you i'll go to you first as in the yeah. organization or rec- yourself you're in recovery yourself yeah 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 i am so, so i'm i'll be 12 years in recovery um well done and recovery, I suppose, for me, started with, again, we all know the, mm-hmm. the life that goes with it. Um, I came from similar backgrounds yourself, from areas of, of social disadvantage. I came from Fingless. Um, uh, my parents done done their best as what, mm-hmm. what they could, you know. Yeah. I was heavily influenced by peers um, and kind of went down, you could say, the wrong route or what, mm-hmm. what I felt was, I, I don't know, was a level of norm- normality at that time. and. 
Mm. Um, thankfully, that was a number of years, as I said, 12 years ago. Thankfully, I'd met a, a counsellor who directed me towards um, treatment and rehabilitation services and fellowship. And um, my life changed after that when I, I suppose, seek the support of existing services and seek the support of, of peers as well, because peers were instrumental within my recovery, you know. Yeah, it's the, that's a massive part of anybody's recovery is, is finding people that are similar to yourself. It yeah. is. So you don't feel alienated, you know, outside of the box. And when you go to the or any meetings or wherever, you're going to find somebody completely the same as yourself because they're talking about your story. Might mm. be exactly the same, but a lot of it will be the same. And that's what keeps people in. And then it's about going for coffee. It's yeah. about going for meals when guys hit their month, yeah, when they yeah. hit their 12 months, their two years, their 10 years. And that's what it's about. Mm. It's about mixing and finding people that think the same, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What about yourself, Mark? Uh, yeah, so I would have been the same. I come from the south side, man, um, and uh, would be classed as a disadvantaged area. The north side um, of the south side? Yeah, well, I've been living over the south, uh, north side now since I was 17. Like, so, so I, I don't know where I come from now at this stage. But I would have been case managed from a young age. Like um, There would have been a lot of trauma within the household, a lot of addiction. Um, I'm in recovery myself seven years. Um, but it would have been without that support and that them two people that that supported me at the start and that never gave up me, the case managers. What's um, that, like a key worker? Yeah, yeah, but it was different back in the day. What they were called was drugs workers. So I would have got into the guard of youth diversion projects so over getting in trouble with the guards and cautions and stuff. So um, that's why I got, became involved with that drugs worker at the time. Like, And she, every time I went out and kept using or kept going back out there, like she would just be knocking on my mum's door or tell him come out, tell him come out. So it's that support and that bond and that relationship at the start. Like, And I suppose back then at the time, you were saying, well, she ain't yeah, yeah. stopping on him. But when you get into recovery, you can look back at those really positive and healthy mm. people that helped you, you know, even though you were talking to they were trying to annoy you. No, she, was at, uh, she was at one of the pop-up yeah. cafes two weeks ago and she brought in pictures of me painting... Martina. The, no, Teresa Clifford. Oh, Teresa, yeah. She brought in pictures of me and another fellow who was actually dead, no, from this from this illness, like um, uh, painting her house. Yeah. I, I was only this little yeah. bad like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It was cool, like... Yeah. My first... Like, I met Mark in, in uh, aftercare. Yeah. Seven years ago, was it, Mark? yeah, yeah. Um, Mark was in yeah, aftercare. Yeah, I was only after getting out of prison, and I, I continued my aftercare. Mm. And I was out of treatment about three years at this stage. But I, when I got out, I, I had nothing in place, so I decided to do my aftercare from the treatment because when I got out of treatment, I got it went straight to prison. Mm-hmm. You know, so my aftercare was three years down the road. <laughs> I'd say that's not common. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I met him and fucking like, I was seeing him there while I go and I was like looking at a completely different person, yeah. you know. Demeanor was different, you know, the anxiety was done, the, the big yeah. fear. I'm not as wired. No. He doesn't tuck his jeans into his socks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wore these especially. <laughs> but it's brilliant. But it's just brilliant seeing people. And like even when I asked you your age there, and you said you were 32, like have this thing seven years already. It's amazing, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And was it always your, was it always, you first part, was it always your ambition when you come into recovery to try and go back and help people like you um, would have? No, or did you fall into it? And it was kind of a chain of events, um, interesting enough. 
Um, it started like as I, I, I as I said, I ended up in in treatment. There was a day program really that kind of um highlighted the importance of of education to me, and it done it in a totally different system than I was used to when I was when I was younger. A system that I basically didn't didn't conform to or didn't I, I just wasn't able to sit in the classroom and take it in that way um some of my own like if you want to say a adverse experience was with school yeah. do you know that I way i know i was the very same yeah. a really traumatizing experience yeah so. yeah even down to i give it a prime example like i remember i was in in um in um primary school and we didn't i, I wasn't one for sitting in the class um, taking in the way that it was taught, you know, and I, I was a bit of a, a messer in the class. So they put you in a, in a classroom doing pages with a group of people that were all there for messing. So you kind of learned how to mess. Mm-hmm. So you, you upskilled in, in acting the maggot, really. Mm-hmm. Do you know that way? And then when I went to secondary school, now not to say, like, yeah, it's my, I suppose, my experience there was I, I thought I'd done well in my entry exam and when I went to school they put me in class 107 mm. and it was a system like that where I, 101 was the good the, yeah. that's how I felt yeah. and I was yeah. in 107 so I kind of and then they, it got worse then do you know where they made you go around with um, a, a, a piece of paper to make and every time you'd done something wrong or done something good you got marked and you had to bring it to the next class and that was mm. like it was an that's awful ridiculous. system you know, yeah, you know. and then ridiculous. so and like, thankfully, there was I, my family, my dad and all had, had, I suppose, instilled certain values and, 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 and stuff into me. And my dad always said, get your junior cert. Um, it's mm. very working class background. Get your junior cert and get an apprenticeship. Yeah. And I tried that. And uh, I wasn't, I, I got as far as, I wasn't that successful in it. As in, I suppose from the school and stuff, it was the levels of low self-esteem and, in, and, and lack of confidence because no I felt... Window. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so and I didn't, I didn't learn about that until I came into a, a day program and realised, well, this is this is why you done the things that you done, and I was able to address them within that day program, and then they showed me a way through adult education of how I could educate myself and the importance of educating myself to become get, get out of that level of poverty or or um, disadvantage that I I, I was were in. Do you know yeah, that way? So. Tell the people watching and listening that don't know what a day program is. So day program is very much a, a, a service that delivers. Um, it could be therapeutic interventions. It could be groups where you talk about what's going on for you. Um, at any given day, it might be looking at what had gone in the on in the past. Um, seeing was there any trauma or anything for me. I don't feel it was trauma. If maybe if I done an ACES scale, I'd probably hit a four or a six, which yeah. you know. Um, but within that day program, there was a big, um, the importance of education was instilled where you start on, I, I think I heard you speaking before on one of the Posca podcasts about starting at level three mm. and moving your way up. That was me. And yeah. that was, that was how it was for me. And, and I seen that it was a way out of, the, of, of educating myself. And I suppose to go back to your question that you asked was that, that I find, I kind of went into education and I went into do a level five and it was a placement on the level five and um at the time I had a, a very minimal charge it was a, it was a driving offense at the time 
And um, because it was outstanding, I couldn't get a placement. And thankfully, a friend of mine who was in recovery had done a placement with Lynn Rowan in a, in a service that she was in. We know Lynn well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's done a lot for the spend convictions. Yeah, and right. that was, at that time, that's probably what I needed was them minimal convictions yeah. to be spent so I could actually, so I kind of, I didn't want to get into addiction services at the time because it was like, oh, I'm out to come from that. I know mm. what, you know, but then my opportunity arose to go into a service and I learned what it was like to be on the other side. And that's where the journey began for me. Mm. That's where I realized I wanted to be in supporting and helping and looking at addiction, you know. Yeah. Both just, yourself, man. How did you get roped into doing that role? Do you know what? <laughs> I was like, I stood up from a child, a young child. I mean, I was small, I was skinny, I was foxy. I was diagnosed <laughs> with all sorts. So like, I was always kind of the black sheep as such, you know what I mean? And there would have been bullying. The dad wouldn't have been on the scene in and out of institutions and stuff like that. Mm. So that, I can go back to case management again. Like that kid, the, the case man, manager that took um, an interest in me and was guiding me along the road, like never gave up on me. She always, oh, there was two, there was Mary Carroll and Teresa Clifford, like I was, went into Tabor, I would, uh, I was a prime candidate for the pilot program of case management because I presented to the residential with multiple needs, like, um. Oh yeah, on that, right, can you define case managing for the people that don't know what it is? Case management, a case manager or case management? Both. So a case manager would be the person that a key worker would go to with, with the, with the clients um, and the case management will be an overarching framework of support bringing in an interagency collaboration piece so the homeless the mental health the addiction services all coming together to support the client to get the best care possible remember that now for your next big interview <laughs> Joe Corby, no, fucking, but in a nutshell case management is key working not just for addiction no. or the drug use a case manager key work somebody in whatever area of their life that it's they need attention a framework to it bring in all housing health exactly. education yeah. Employment, addiction might be part of it, but a case manager is like a general key working, yeah. really. Yeah. So go on. So that, that, that and you mentioned, mentioned Joe, like, so Joe back in the day was the one that was setting up the pilot program. So I got the case manager and she stuck with me, went out, came back, went out, came back. And no matter what, I could always pick up the phone to her saying, look, I need to go into relapse prevention. I need to go back into aftercare. I need to go back into residential. And she was always there, like, do you know what I mean? Never gave up. So I suppose through that, um, I went to for my education, started a diploma in UCC, through Focus Ireland supported me with that, mm. uh, and then done the degree, but I had to do placement then for the degree. So it was my old case manager that taught me about King Vara House, um, Joe Corby. Mm. She said, go up and ask him and tell him that you've done the pilot program, program for case management and see what he says will he take on the placement. I didn't know at the time that he was out setting it up and that I was one of the first people to do it and now I'm going up asking him to do placement. So I went up anyway and I met with Owen Cochrane and Joe Corby and I got placement up there then like, mm. and I was like, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to support people the way that I was supported mm. through the case management procedure and sure he was after clicking then like who I was. So it was just class how it turned around of mm. like, I was the first pilot program and, and then no come back. full circle yeah. in a sharp area of design. Yeah. That, happens, that happens a lot actually with people in recovery like yeah. they actually become the person that had actually helped them 
the beginning of their own journey, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a criminologist there, a very famous criminologist in in that field, like uh, Doctor Shad Maruna. He's uh, from Chicago, but he's based in Queens and Belfast. But he writes about um, he he researches desistance, which is basically abstinence from mm. offending behaviour. So it's like recovery for people that commit crime. Yeah, yeah. It goes hand in hand recovery. If you get your recovery in check, the desistance happens mm. because we don't commit crime when we're in recovery. Yeah. Crime is a pipe anyway, gone off in it. <laughs> but he talks about people that have come through crime um, and that are desisting now are in recovery from crime becoming the wounded healer. Mm. They, they go back into the service and they feel an obligation to help the other person. It's a way to make amends. It's mm. a way to build back up the self-esteem. It's a way to right some of the wrongs that we've committed. Mm. So it's kind of like that, you yeah, know, yeah, people yeah. in recovery... But there's no better person to know what that person needs then as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're after going through with themselves, you know. So it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's that- mad. Like, yeah, that's after doing full 360, like, and mm-hmm. I try and support people now. Like, I very rarely say no. If someone needs something, mm-hmm. I go above and beyond. Sure Probably will run with score there, so okay. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what's your role today? Um, what, what, tell me a little bit about the Recovery Academy in Cork. So the Recovery Academy Cork is a branch of the Recovery um, Academy Ireland. Um, so originally came down, Joe Corby was in talks with Paul and Paul was telling them about it, the, the initiatives that they were being set up in Dublin and I was doing placement at the time and I was like, look, that sounds very interesting. I'll take my hand to it. Um, done it for a while, loved it. So what I do basically is I challenge stigma and I advocate on behalf of people. I set up um, initiatives um, to highlight uh, addiction or recovery within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically I try and, and support people where they're at and send pe- try to support people getting into education and anything. I can take my hand to anything really. Like, Do you take referrals from agencies or do you take self-referrals? I don't bought. <laughs> so somebody can ring you up in the morning, say, Mark, I'm in recovery, I'm in addiction, I'm yep. looking to get involved. That can be done. I do a lot of signposting. Um, so what my piece is, is trying to, I'm trying to bring services together to communicate. And if I have someone that's looking for a residential and they're coming from a homeless accommodation, I can do that as well, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, signposting to a group or to soccer that we've gone on a Monday. Or I try to set up fun activities, mm-hmm. pro-social events for people that are in recovery because we've been in doom and gloom and the negativity for so long I want to bring the fun aspect of things like is there funding there for that then you have to ask Joe Corby but <laughs> there, there isn't that at the moment but he very rarely says no um, next time you'll go and go karting in the rain give me a show I was actually pricing it to the day for the kids party it's saucy enough like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, do you want to what, tell us a little bit about that soccer you've gone I have soccer for so recovery month to September, and it's a big part of why we're here is to is to spread the message that recover and make recovery visible within the community. Yeah. So I got a game of ball going up in Saint Vincent's GAA Club on a Monday night. Now the yeah. last the last uh, night of it is next Monday, um, but I'm hoping to carry it forward. Just depends on Saint Vincent's being um, nice enough to allocate the time. Like yeah. Um, but it's at six o'clock to seven o'clock for anyone that wants to come. We have people coming from homeless accommodation, from mental health services for addiction, from in recovery. So it's all inclusive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Thomas Gould is the Thomas chairman of yeah. the club above, but he's Sinn Fein sport person and drugs, drugs. He and actually got and me the he approved pitch for free for the four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. But um, he's coming on the podcast next week. Nice one. Um, so we could talk to him about that. What about yourself, Paul? Any anything happening about? Yeah. In so um, 
as, as, as Mark mentioned, we are an advocacy service mainly that works to promote and look at recovery initiatives in line with the national drug strategy and the support and recovery element of it. So there's been a lot of services in, in, involved in doing things themselves at a local level. Um, usually the, the academy runs a, a, an annual walk um, which brings services together and goes through the, the main thoroughfare of Dublin. But unfortunately, COVID, we couldn't do that. So we've asked services to look at local initiatives and there's a lot happening as as Mark mentioned, football um people going out on walks, doing virtual cycles and mm. just a lot of coming together. Um it's and we're trying to build on a year on year. Um we've also um with with the annual walk, which is our would have been the biggest thing for with regards to um, making recovery visible and challenging that stigma, we now have a leave a light on campaign, which is taking place on the 30th of September. Mm. That will look at with um, prominent buildings um, across Ireland um, lighting up on on the, the 30th of September to in, in a sign of solidarity for mm. for the yeah. whole recovery yeah. mov- movement and um, to show that recovery is possible and. Again, challenge the stigma as Mark, Mark mentioned, you know. So, on year on year, I, I've been employed since 2018. Since then, we're trying to, I've been targeting task force areas like Cork and Kerry to, to look um, at how we could maybe collaborate and bring services, existing services together to see what recovery initiatives can be done um, across Ireland. And, and that's continues to be the goal, you know. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. It really, really, op- it's going to open up a lot more doors. You know, when all the, the different agencies come together and they start creating, say, for instance, we have the, the mini marathons down here, yeah. you know, maybe in a few years time, we could have a recovery marathon once, twice a year. We might start off with a few hundred people that could turn out to five, six, seven thousand people in, in a few years. And look, look at the awareness that's mm. creating then around the city. And I think what what you're actually doing is. Is amazing. Yeah, and that's that's evident in like the academy is only um as I said a registered charity since two thousand seventeen. The launch was two thousand sixteen, but there was a the the walk was was something that was set up in two thousand eleven. And Barry Coslow actually had, had was involved with that, and a number of other different services were in Dublin, and there was probably a handful of people at the force when. Um, I remember being at the one in 2012 or something and there was, we, I think we could walk on the path to know that kind of way. So, and then within the, the, the year on year, it was kind of, um, it was on the outskirts of, of Dublin. And then for the last two years that it was, that it was hosted, it was through the main thoroughfare with eight or seven or 800 people. And, you know, we had a big event. So to, to, to say like there's, we could easily do a marathon, I think mm-hmm, if you yeah. start build on a year on year and that's brings together, um, services and people in recovery, it diminishes the stigma. And, and, and I've seen that even, with the two years that the walk went down um, O'Connell Street, because the first year, I think, was it 2000, was it 2018? Um, and it was real, because it was, it was O'Connell Street and everyone, I, well, I felt it was my observation, let's say, that people were a little, oh, who's going to see me type of thing, you know, or yeah. where, like, I'm, I probably felt a little of that myself. Yeah. And then the year after that was a real celebration. It was a lovely, warm day. People out loud and proud. They were wearing purple. They were, it's like, I'm in recovery. Mm. Do you know, it yeah. felt that there was a, there was a, a lot, a lot less steam or uh, stigma even experience, you know, and that's, that's what it's about because 
evidence shows that that stigma is a huge barrier for people seeking support and 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 seeking the help yeah. that they need in some cases you know it is starting to change though that stigma is starting to shift like i remember years ago you daren't hear somebody say they're an alcoholic openly yeah. It's just, it, it is what it is. No. And no, we're, we're trying to celebrate it. Yeah. We're trying to normalize it. Like, yeah. there, I have programs running there. I know I have partnerships with the Maradic, the HSE, um, Kumine. We have an activity recovery program going in the Maradic. There's 30 people, there's 15 on the waiting list. They have a full membership to the Maradic, and no one knows they're in recovery in there. It's mm. just normalized. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no one knows that it's the activity know, recovery really program in there. Do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. And just, do they give that to you then for free? No, so they pay they pay uh, minimum that the participants pay a contribution mm. and the HSE have funded the rest of that. Um, that's 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 actually it's it's, it's it's huge, but the mm. evidence behind it. So it's, uh, it's up for renew now again in December, and the coordinator in the Mardig, um, who is also the personal trainer, you get a personal training session if you need weekly checks and mm. check ins by myself. We support you with that. We do team building events. We couldn't do it now um, last year over COVID, mm. so we're hoping that if we get the funding again in December, that we'll roll out a fresh more people um, with Kumoyne being on board then as well there's a physical activity program starting in Mayfield Sports Complex mm. Cork City Sports Partnership have agreed to fund that with a minimum contribution from the participants so there's all that stuff that's normalising this st- in, in the community I'm trying to set up one um, in each um, district do you know what I mean um, so I'm looking at Churchville maybe um, so what might be cool to get going maybe regionally or in, in regionally and then maybe overall like a recovery forum or something like you know where you bring in you bring in let's say in Cork you bring in the Tabor group the Cool Mines Churchfield yeah. Trust Cork Alliance Simon Vincent Paul, and a kind of like a, maybe a quarterly meeting where we kind of collaborate come together and come up with stuff as a collective you know yeah. I did a talk there recently not recently but maybe a couple of months ago now you know Canal Communities Task Force yeah yeah, yeah. I give a talk there's a um, service users forum so I give a talk for them right but it wasn't just one organisation any organisation yeah. within Dublin Ace and surrounds could come but I thought like it'd be great if they had that sort of collaboration yeah, down yeah. there too yeah, yeah. You know, but I think you could be the missing link, do you know what I mean? Because your recovery academy, your yeah, recovery. yeah, and that's that's something I I had to um, I, you were on one of them presentations oh, yeah, actually yeah. to to Bally Pharma and Talent Drug Task Force explaining the work of the academy, and that's again getting the message out. And even the academy was set up as a forum, and that's how it I suppose evolved into a national organisation. So yeah, yeah, it's a great idea to be done at local level. Do you, you know, know the way some of the fellowships they do like um. <coughs> Not the retreats, but what are they called? The conventions. conventions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recovery Academy convention. That'd be some crack, wouldn't it? Do you know what? No, it was like, I was so excited two years ago. Before it was launched in the City Hall with the Faces of Recovery. And I think we were doing an official Cork launch, like three, four weeks after that. But then we had the venue booked, the band was booked, the food was booked. It was on a Thursday and we got shut down, locked down on the Wednesday. So mm. we didn't actually get to launch. So I was pushed onto like social media and trying to build the platform yeah. without having, without the capabilities of going out to tell people about it. So it's, it's trying to, it's only in its early days since we're kind of yeah. out of lockdown, but hundred percent. I totally love to go to a recovery academy 100%, convention. You know, like, yeah. Get Willa White down to do a show. <laughs> Timmy might do a strip or something for the old and 
you read my mind. But you get fair spying from people. We've yeah. had a lot of people on the podcast that are in recovery, that are in, that are entertainers, mm. that are involved in singing and acting. Yeah. They, and we've mentioned something like this. We we floated we floated the idea of maybe a recovery festival. And we've had a few people I know yeah. the whole bands or they're all in recovery yeah, yeah. and they'd and love to do anything like that. And something similar, that's what's been happening in Ballymon with they've had a, a month of events over the the month of September. Um Finglas has done a um, a month of a calendar of events as well. So it's happening at a local level there. It's just it's the more people see mm. what could be done, um, the more opportunity for it to be done. Do you know? Yeah. But it means a lot more. Like it means a lot more than just recovery. It means people really overcoming their their trauma and their mental health yeah. issues. It's not just about being abstinent from alcohol and drugs. It's about growing as human beings as well mm. and 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 change like as i said to you earlier like the difference i see in you that's recovery yeah you know recovery to me is somebody really facing those demons that they drank on and drugged on or whatever and dealing with services like the services that you're providing james is providing like and counselors and psychotherapists and all mm. these there is the recovery aspect you know there's abstinence and there's recovery, and that's the recovery, and that's how people get well and they're mm. able to deal. You're providing the service too, to, through the podcast and mm -hmm. through the car wash. Yeah, yeah, we were saying that a while ago. Yeah, yeah, we were actually talking about that earlier on. Again, the, the another piece of that, um, how the academy came about was there was a piece of research done as uh, addiction recovery, a contagious paradigm, um, and then. David Best has wrote, he's a prolific researcher yeah. on the topic of research and he talks about recovery being a contagion of hope and um, that's very much what it is. You, you see, you mentioned fellowship, you mentioned about even being on a podcast speaking like this, people with lived experience saying this is what they done. It can instill hope in, so, in someone, in many people. Mm -hmm. And But then it's it's about opportunity, like what you've, you've talked about doing, setting up a, a car wash, um, setting up football games, getting people involved, mm -hmm. a sense of it, there's a there's an acronym that's used in in the field of mental health and it's chime it's connection hope identity meaning and empowerment mm -hmm. and that's that's what you're trying to create mm -hmm. within the whole recovery movement that's mm -hmm. what you're you're creating with the people with lived experience sharing mm -hmm. their stories it's like maslow's hierarchy yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's the exact same thing you know once you, you get the food and water you kind of move up your self-esteem yeah. and all these other mm -hmm. things where someone's kind of their self Kind of noted in their self, yeah. enlightened in recovery, then it's like, yeah. get rid of yeah. the heroin and the crack and the alcohol, and then move on. Then, right, this maybe I need, I need a job now because I need to be independent and the education and then the relationships when you're in a good place, sort of everything. But that is recovery. Mm. Um, but one thing I wanted to say to you there, what was it? It's something in my head down. Oh, what was it? The two boys are good looking. No, I, I come back to it. I come back to it. But something I was thinking about there when you were talking was um, I'd love to get part of some sort of like mm -hmm. a, a bowling tournament or a pool tournament yeah. or something like that. Because there's a big there's a, there's a big fellowship in Cork. There is and in Dublin, mm -hmm. you know, and it'd be great, you know, to you know, uh, some of the fellowships are very um, they're anonymous. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So by nature. They're not visible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's grand if that's what you want to do. Mm. And I was part of that for a long time. Mm. And occasionally, you know, that's that's great. But what we're trying to do is become more visible. Oh, yeah. What I was thinking of was 
So on that point, while I'm on it, right, it's about, you know, having fun activities that are visible, that yeah. you're not, yeah, we are in recovery, you know, we're not ashamed of it, you yeah. know, yeah, we've done bad things, but give us a fucking break, you know what I mean? And uh, and and showing people that, look at the crack the boys are having there, I'm in the depths of it here. Yeah. You could be in the depths of it, you could come down and join in that game of pool. Mm. You could take, mm. you I suppose, you know, and with, with, with recovery month being September, I love fucking September, mm. because it's to show and make recovery visible. So You only love September because the six kids goes to school. There's that, there's that as well. <laughs> but it's, it's about highlighting it and setting up these initiatives. So it's this year, because COVID um, has slowed down and we can actually go out, um, we set up pop-up cafes. So in Cork, we held the first one in the Garden Cafe right. last month. So we've three now next week. We've won last week. Um, it's May. What's the ones next week? So next week, the one is Monday night after the game of ball up in St. Vincent's GA um, from six to half a state. There's a mobile coffee truck going to go up. We're going to have lights. We're going to have banners with pop-up what? cafe okay. on us. And we'll be there. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 100%. Nice one. Yeah. Um, the next one is on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm carving. We've podcast, actually. On Monday. You yeah. can do it up outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out on yeah. Um The next one is on tu- uh, Tuesday in Tralee. So I broke ground with Kerry. I'm one person, so it took me a while to break ground with Kerry this yeah. year. But Tralee have agreed to light up prominent buildings as well and to have a pop-up cafe um, down in Shanakeel. Um, and the final one then is in for my Who Mind Information Night. We're going to have a pop up there oh, um, in the community centre on Wednesday from two to four. That's great um, stuff. All a part of the mm. Leave a Light on campaign, which I've been driving around most nights, lighting up Recovery Academy members' houses, um, services, Who Mind hubs, um, Chalk Fairs going doing this, uh, Bezborough Centre, all these places in the community that have agreed to for me to shine lights on their building purple. Um, mm. to highlight and, and challenge the stigma that's behind addiction yeah. um, and collaboration piece with the City Hall as well. We've got the City Hall, um, the County Hall and the Shaky Bridge Little Purple and the 30th for International I'd be Republic. disappointed if you don't get the reservoir lit up in Aknihini. I, I was in I the I saw it last week. Was the, it yeah, was, there was something lit up for yeah. the Cork game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Was it was the Cork game. If they can light up for the Cork game, they can light up for the Cork game. I went up and we said that. I was showing it to him a while ago and I said I'd love to get it now next year. Yeah, yeah, no, I seen yeah, that. Uh, I seen uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, something, the, the thing I forgot that I wanted to ask you was: Would I be right in saying that it's the Recovery Academy? It's not just for people in recovery; it can be for people with an interest in it, our family members. Is that fair enough? The walks, the events, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's anyone yeah. who's, I suppose, allies and supporters of the recovery movement, mm-hmm. whether it's their their family, friends that are in recovery and they just want it to show an element of support. You mm-hmm. know, sure. we all know addiction affects every flipping family member. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So it's for everyone. I'm all inclusive yeah but where we've a lot of people that watch this podcast they have no family member in recovery themselves but they have an interest in it they have an interest in drugs they have an interest in how people end up in it and how they change the lives around you know so they're great allies to have yeah, you know what I mean? yeah because yeah. it just means that we have a wider audience you know a yeah. wider not audience but a wider family yeah. you know we can cast in that wider so all as well yeah though. definitely yeah sounds great but well, done, if we can help you out in any way yeah. Let us know. We're pulling in the same mm-hmm. direction. You know what yeah, I mean? We're yeah. all like, it's um, as Joanna said to us last week, 
it's always recovery month in the two Nari's house, do you know? Mm-hmm. We shine the light but all that, the time, you know, keep it always on the agenda. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, these pop-ups aren't just going to be for recovery month. I'm going yeah. to host them throughout the winter, and I'm looking for initiatives to do, okay, the soccer I could do up until a certain time, or maybe the weather and stuff like that. But the, the pool, the bowling, the, the pop-up cafes, like, this is going to happen going forward. It's, yeah. it's what's going Should to be normal. Should do a bit of mountain climbing as well. Yeah, not yeah. that fit. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get you into hill walking, yeah. hill walking, and then. Do you we'll mind if I it. bring the four kids? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Two tandems. You you wear kids. Don't be lying. I've been up. No, with the tree roll, I was struggling. The other tree would fly up. It. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! But yeah, the hill walking is a massive thing for because you know when you're walking hills, or mountains or whatever, you might have a crew of fifteen, twenty. But you'll get an opportunity to speak to every single one of them mm. over the four or five hours because people drift, people walk forward, yeah. and you're listening to people's stories. You could be talking to somebody you never met before and you could be listening to their story and you might be blown mm. away. You know, so I think that's a great idea as well as maybe introduce a bit of hill walking and we, we do quite a bit of it with with, with our own kind of yeah. lads and stuff like that. And Yeah, I see, I see it on social media, yeah. 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 But... um. It's a pleasure talking to you, that's mm. nice. Well, thanks for having thanks us. For yeah, having just we, could, we could plug the tour date of September and ask yeah. people, you mentioned families, or yeah. family members or allies, if they can light up their house and post it on social media and just get the message out. Yeah. Purple, possible. Purple. Yeah. purple, it's then hashtag leave a light on campaign. So it's the 30th of September. It's International September. Recovery okay. Day, yeah. So I'm highlighting buildings all of Recovery Month because yeah. I like to celebrate it in style. Yeah. We'd, have, <laughs> we'd have to do something decent for that yeah. day as well. Yeah, so so if I put cool a purple... Purple cloth or something over my lights. There's a t shirt yeah, there. Health and safety yeah. now, yeah. I actually yeah. have spotlights in the booth. I got funding from yeah. off Joe Kirby this yeah. year. So I, I have three spotlights. Yeah. Um, you've seen them, have you? Mm. They have 57 different colors, but they have purple. They're like, yeah. they hurt your eyes if you look at them. Yeah. Um, so I can shine, line up, uh, sh- uh, light up your house or the two Naris if you get your new building. Yeah. Yeah. I can light that up as well. Well, I guarantee you this, right? On the 30th, come down to the marina where our new building is I'll throw that big flag up on the side of the building and you'll shine the light nice one done deal yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. alright see you then thanks very much thanks, thanks for having us thanks. God bless see you all next week hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.